Morning all, welcome to the Stewards Inquiry on the Winners Enclosure. I hope you've had a fabulous weekend. Bank holiday weekend, lots of racing, enjoying the sunshine, but we're now going to look ahead to an even better weekend where we've got uh, classics, the Oaks and the Derby at Epsom at the weekend, along with the Coronation Cup. So three group ones there to look forward to. Martin Dixon joins me now and plenty in store to smile about. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been a, a busy bank holiday weekend, like you say, but the uh, the quality's certainly upped a little bit, isn't it, as we go towards uh, Epsom on Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. The weather's dried up. It's going to be, I think, a, a beautiful couple of days down down south uh, in Epsom. The ground should be perfect. And, you know, it's both races, I think, have got a really competitive feel to them this year, both of the classics. Mm. Well, we're going to start with the Coronation Cup on the Friday because Aidan O'Brien has a very strong hand here. But the home team in the shape of William Haggis's Al Arsley is likely to go off an odds-on favourite. And he's been very impressive on a couple of occasions at Newbury this year. It's really difficult to knock what this horse has done, isn't it, this season? The progress that he's made has been fast, I'd say, from last year. He ended last season in his three-year-old career, finishing last of six. A little bit disappointing um, in the Gordon Stakes at, at Goodwood. Um, but Birth starts back at Newbury. We haven't seen him come off the bridle. He's beaten some useful horses. Back, um, very easily indeed. The times haven't been anything flash, but he could have run faster and harder if he'd have needed to. As I said, Jim Crowley's been looking around for dangers, sort of two furlongs out in each of those races. Um, and he couldn't have been more impressive. But I do think that um, the Coronation Cup will be a tougher race again. Um, I think he's facing better horses and probably the, my chief concern would be the demands of Epsom maybe being a problem for him. I know William Haggis has, has sort of voiced some um, positive notes on, on that regard, but just when you look back, and in, my immediate reaction was this is a horse that will have no problem with Epsom. And it might be the case, Emma, but ultimately when you're looking at a horse at odds on as a punt, yeah. you're a bit picky and choosy. And, just going back through his form, that last of six in the Gordon at Goodwood last year does just fill me with a little bit of fear for taking a too short a price about him because Goodwood has its idiosyncrasies. It's not dissimilar to Epsom um, mm. in the, the track. And it just does, uh, it is in the back of my mind as to whether, you know, the track had a part to play in that disappointing run at the back end of his three-year-old season, Al And if that was the case, you know, he's not absolutely copper bottom to go there and, and, and handle Epsom and be quite as effective there as he as he is um, at, at Newbury, where we've seen him for his two starts this season. As I say, I'm being a little bit picky, but you need to be at the price that he is. Totally agree. You know, you look at the you know, Japan, um, it was good to see him get his head back in front when he won when he won the Ormond. But, you know, in, on form, he was fourth in the arc in 2019. He has some very strong form, as does Mogul, who, of course, won the Hong Kong Vars last year, along with a string of other group ones. He was third in the Ghana on his rear parents. Love, we don't know if she if she pitches up, but a phenomenal horse. It's very, very different and, and a completely different kettle of fish to be looking at him at a sort of price now, apparently, of about 8 to 11. Exactly. And, that, and that's what it boils down to. There's no doubt that Alassi is a big runner, a big player, and, and he may well go there and, and win the coronation um, at Epsom over the course of the, the weekend. But Japan would be my idea of, of the bet in the race, if you like, at the current prices. I think he's the value player. He's been to Epsom before. Let's not forget that. He finished third. He was beaten about half a length in the Derby a couple of years ago. Last season didn't happen for him. After a good third in the Eclipse, he disappointed, didn't he? He lost his form. 
but he was back to something like his best form when he won the Ormond. I love the way that he quickened up to settle that race off the home turn. I think he'll probably be better coming back to a mile and a half, to be honest, in a, in a, in a, off a good pace than he was over the um, extended trip at Chester last time out when having put the race to bed, you know, he, he wasn't doing an awful lot necessarily in the very closing stages that last hundred yards or so. But no, he looked back to something like his best, the way that he went through that race at Chester anyway. That was good to see. He's got course experience. He's got bags of strong form. Ultimately, if you look at that fourth in the arc and the third in the eclipse, those are probably the best two pieces of form that any, uh, that, that are better pieces of form than Alamassi has anyway, if yeah. you just look at the nuts and bolts. What about the Oaks, which of course is on the same day? And at the moment, if you look at the betting, it's um, it's Aidan O'Brien and Aidan O'Brien. He appears to have a strong hand. Santa Barbara likely to be a short price favourite, having finished fourth in the Guineas, and everyone's saying, you know, on pedigree, she's going to get further. Anything she does in this race is a bonus. She's not totally nailed on to stay a mile and a half on pedigree, is she? Uh, no, she's it's, it's sort of mixed, isn't it? Really, um, she's obviously she's by Camelot, who does get who does get some stayers, but um, is she's a half sister to Order of Australia, who has won over a mile and a half. But then Iridessa, um, who's the other half sibling by a Derby winner in Ruler of the World, um, didn't quite stretch out to the mile and a half uh, herself. So I think. There's some positives there. You essentially won't know until you try with her, I don't think. And it's very yeah. difficult. So we've only seen twice on a race course. Um, and both of those races have been over a mile. I've no doubt she'll get a mile and a quarter. I suspect she'll stay a mile and a half. Um, we're kind of at the same point with her that we were going into the thousand guineas, really, where she's priced up like she's already been and done it. She's done yeah. a bit more now. She's been she's a talking horse since about February, hasn't she? Exactly. And and that's still inbuilt to her prize, I think, for the Oaks. I can't help but feel that way. You know, she may well come forward leaps and bounds from, from Newmarket and be a different filly altogether over the extra trip. But you've she's priced up like she's already done it, essentially. Like there aren't the, those those queries there. Um, she's taking on some very good fillies in the same way she was at Newmarket. She didn't really handle the dip at, uh, at Newmarket. I didn't feel she was keeping hanging to her left a little bit wasn't she through the last couple of furlongs if she'd have stayed straight she might well have won the thousand guineas you know such is her obvious talent there's no doubt about that but it is a little bit of a, a again you're talking about a very inexperienced filly going to Epsom for the first time trying a new trip doing everything new and she's going to have to improve her form again if she's going to win the Oaks and justify her position in the market. Okay, so what do you see as her main opposition? Snowfall will start with this one, also trained by Aidan O'Brien. A surprise winner of the Musadora, going back through her form last year, wasn't an awful lot to write home about, but she seemed to really improve for the step up in trip, didn't she? And she should get a mile and a half. Yeah, she did. I mean, I think she was given a good ride. She was probably left alone a little bit in, in front in the Musadora sectional times back. That they went quite steady. The finishing speed was quite quite quick through the last three furlongs and the overall time was nothing flash. So things were in her favour more than the running, more than all of the running in the Musadora. But she was still very dominant. Nearly four lengths she won by. Um, she wasn't stopping at the line. Um, and it was impressive and it was much improved, certainly, from her, her two year old season. I've little doubt the way that she can stop the water, I've little doubt that she will stay the mile and a half. She's got lots of experience. I, I fully expect her to run very well. Clearly, there's a feeling um, in Bally Doyle that 
Santa Barbara is the superior filly just in terms of her ability, but Snowfall has got that vast experience on the side. And we did see in the thousand, in the thousand guineas how that experience proved to be crucial, didn't we, in, in, a, in a classic. And it may prove to be again. So she, she'll run well, Snowfall. I actually quite like uh, one of the British trained horses, Zayada, who was beaten in the Cheshire Oaks, but she ran very well. And unlike Snowfall, the run of the race was against Zayada in the Cheshire Oaks. She came from too far back. She finished off that. The pace wasn't strong enough for her around Chester to win that race, but she shaped very well under the circumstances. And I think that Roger Varian's filly will improve going for the mile and a half. Can you see any, see any of the fillies behind um, Snowfall, the second and the third, like Tiona, for instance, and, and the Sir Michael Stout horse? Can you see any of those reversing form with her at Epsom? I mean, Tiona's obviously very classy, isn't she? And she, unlike Snowfall, who had sort of dictated matters to some extent, I think Tiona was disadvantaged by that because she was very lit up in the early part of the race. She just did not settle at all uh, through the first three or four furlongs of the York race. She made a big sweeping move, a really promising move at the top of the home straight, which was just a bit of a flash of her potential brilliance, I think, Tiona. She's certainly got a big reputation at mm. this film. But she flattened out, and understandably flattened out, having pulled as hard as she did in the early stages. But everything about her, it's a little bit like Santa Barbara with Tiona. She needs to grow up. She needs to prove that she's that mature filly that can put everything together right now to be good enough to go and win the Oaks. It's no good being that filly in six months when we're talking about Epsom on Friday. You know, she, I, I saw a little bit too much inexperience, I think, from Tiona to be really positive about her for all that I've little doubt at all that she's a, a potentially top-class filly. A quick word, Martin, on Saffron Beach, a filly that I've followed throughout i loved her as a two-year-old she ran such a good race and defeat in the guineas do you think she'll stay a mile and a half if she does she's a huge player i mean i've no doubt she'll stay 10 but is this going to be stretching it do you think i, I my suspicion is that it'll be it'll stretch her yes um i mean she's a bit of a mix on pedigree i don't think she's a guaranteed stayer on pedigree myself new bear the sire he won a preniel over a mile and a half was third in an arc, but I think he was a better horse over a mile and 10 furlongs. 10 furlongs was ultimately New Bay's optimum trip. I think a lot of his progeny are going still early days with him in his stallion career, but I, I, I've certainly seen a fair few of them that have, have got plenty of pace anyway. Um, so I don't think he's a stallion that's like necessarily stamina laden um, as such. And out of a Ravens past mare, who herself was a seven furlong winner. So the pedigree screams that likely non-stayer um, and ultimately yeah. her enthusiasm tells me that as well because I think she's just naturally she races into the bridle she's sort of she's not keen but she's on the cusp of being keen if that makes sense and yeah. I, I just feel like she, the mile and a half just won't be for her I just don't think she'll be a strong enough stayer. Quick word on the ground because obviously we've got gorgeous weather and it's forecast all week so they're likely to have to water Presumably, we're going to get, when, when this is the scenario, perfect, good racing ground. I think so, yeah. I mean, they're going to water the track. They don't want it to get too quick at Epsom coming down that hill. Um, I think at the moment, they're calling it good, good confirming places. You'd like to think that they'd water to maintain that sort of ground. I can't see it being problematic for, for too many of them, to be honest with you. It's sort of what you would wish 
your classic to be run on. You don't want extremes of going, certainly not soft, heavy ground, really, um, if you want to find out, you know, who the best filly is in this race at this moment in time. So it should just be perfect ground. And uh, Andrew Cooper and the team there at, at Epsom have um, been doing this for years. So I'm, yeah. I've no, no doubt that they'll, they'll have it absolutely spot on on Friday and Saturday. Well, regards to the derby on Saturday, it's not a surprise that once again, Aidan O'Brien has got a very strong hand here, the first and second favourite. We'll start with Bolshoi Ballet, who's two from two this year. Very impressive when a six-length winner um, of the Darrenstown. Both of his wins have come at Leopardstown, and it's hard to pick faults, wouldn't you say, in what he's done so far? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, unlike the previous two favourites that we've discussed in Santa Barbara and Alassi, they may well go and win their respective races. But I think uh, Bolshoi Ballet has actually been there and done it and it deserves his position at, at the head of the Derby market now with what he's done so far this year. He won the Valley Sacks on his comeback yeah, at the time he needed to step forward again. But he went to the Derrenstown and he did that, didn't he, with a, a six-length win in a very fast time. His time form time figure on that occasion was 120 um, and that that is a high class time figure by any standards and it just gives a little bit more um, substance to what we were seeing that day I think at, at Leopardstown with Bolshoi Ballet and that dominance sort of being fully merited if you like the fact that it was a big performance on the clock as well just gives you extra confidence behind taking a high view of that um, he gives certainly a strong impression that he'll stay a mile and a half he's a full brother to southern France who stayed further than a mile and a half he seems very professional relaxed he's got pace but he's as I say he's also threatens to stay very well um, I'm struggling to find any negatives with him I think he's a worthy market leader for the derby and providing that he gets a decent draw and a decent trip through the race I'm expecting that he's the horse yeah. he, he'll, he'll take the beating and, and, and probably win I totally agree with you a horse I thought was well worth a mention here is high definition one of the stable mates because He's another one that's always had a big reputation. He missed the Lingfield Derby trial. He went to the Dante. What did you make of his run there? I've watched it back a few times and it's sort of grown on me the more I've watched it. Um, I did like how he finished off. I didn't think Ryan Moore was hard on him at all through the final furlong, you know, just mindful of the bigger days ahead. Um, and I, I don't think he was pulling pegging back the, the first two in that in, in the Dante anyway. Um, so there's lots of encouragement with how he finished. Um, I feel like he's a little bit more, he lacks the pace of Bolshoi Ballet in the middle of the race. So I feel like high definition yeah. will be more reliant on a set of circumstances unfolding ahead of him, if that makes sense. And those circumstances would be the pace probably being a little bit too strong and bringing his obvious stamina into play. Now, he's trying a mile and a half for the first time as well, but every single time we've seen higher definition, his finish has been the strongest part of his race. Uh, so stepping up to a mile and a half will help him, but it's just whether he's got that quality through the middle section to live yeah. with the pace of Bolshoi Ballet. And ultimately, I feel like if the race is evenly run and Bolshoi Ballet gets the right ride, and doesn't go too hard too soon, I think he'll see off high definition, who will be coming at him late, but probably a little bit too late. Yeah, as you say, it's whether or not he's got that tactical speed to be in the position that, that they want him to be in. 
throughout the race. What about John Leeper? Because he's very interesting. He's obviously got an exceptional pedigree. Being by Frankel, out of Snow Fairy, he of course won, won the Oaks herself, I think back in 2014. A fabulous racehorse. Um, it wasn't she when she won at Newmarket and she's obviously now taking, he obviously is now taking the next step up the ladder. Yeah, that's it. He's um, He couldn't have done any more than he's done so far this year. He's won both races that he's been faced with. Um, he's done done it impressively. Uh, the times are nothing flash to put into context. I mentioned Bolshoi Valley's time figure being 120. This is with time form. John Leaper's time figure from his win last time out was 67. So the time was pretty modest. Um, but then that can be looked at in two ways because he was very strong at the end of his race. He was keen enough early. And if it had been a more strongly run race, perhaps his superiority would have been, you know, even even more. Perhaps he'd have won by an even wider margin if the pace had been stronger. Um, so he's got lots of potential, but his pos position in the market, I think, is about where he should be. Um, and it factors in the fact that he's got that pedigree and he's got the obvious potential. He's about fourth in the market. Yeah. And actually, his form yeah. is the best form in the race. I think he's got a BHA rating of 106, which gives him £13 to find with Max Sweeney, £11 to find with Bolshoi Ballet, High Definition, Mohafet, Hurricane Lane, Lone Eagle, Third Realm. They're all ahead of him. Um, so actually, I think his price, if anything, is too short rather than too big for Leaper, but he, he may well improve enough. Um, I think he's more likely to finish in the first five and run very well than actually go and win the race myself. Brilliant, Martin. Thanks very much indeed. Well, that's our look at, um, at this stage on Tuesday at, at the Classics of the Weekend and the Coronation Cup, but we will, back, we will, we will be back on Thursday uh, where we've actually got some declarations and by then we, we could have a firmer idea, couldn't we, of exactly what's what. Well, the draw is going to impact as well. It always does, doesn't it? The draw can have a big, big, um, it can make a big difference at Epsom. So when we have that um, at our disposal on Thursday, we'll know a little bit more, hopefully have some even stronger opinions about these horses. But uh, by and large, I think I, I'm, I know where I'm, uh, where I'm heading in terms of uh, the horses that I fancy for the races. But as I say, certain things can unfold that just change your mind a little bit and maybe one or two prices will collapse in the interim. Brilliant. Good stuff. Sounds like you have it all sorted. So tricasts <laughs> and all. I will look forward to hearing that on Thursday. Thanks very much.